T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Ross Tucker, we start with my favorite thing from this weekend. Even better than that hype video from Mark Ingram, which was, of course... One of the great celebrations we've seen in recent years, and good Monday morning, my friend, it was the big man touchdown in that Colts game, the touchdown that was called back, but forever the keg stand celebration shall stand. A, best touchdown celebration you've ever seen, and B, what's your keg stand history? Did the boys at Princeton invert you and go for a few keg stands back in the day? So A, the answer is yes. Uh, that is the best touchdown celebration I've ever seen. It's amazing. I got to tell you, Dave, the thought has crossed my mind. I wonder if like he'll get fined for that. Like, I wonder if the NFL will say Mm. that that was, you know, you can't have gestures. Like if you get a sack, you can really only do like one hip thrust. (laughs) If, If you do three hip thrusts like that. You're going to get fined and maybe penalized. So you got to be careful. I, I think he'll be fine, but I don't know. I don't know how they would feel about that. You know, I can remember Coy Detmer when he was playing quarterback, <laughs> he'd have a throw. He would sort of uh, wag the dog, I guess you could say it, wag his tail. And he got in trouble for that and got fined. So maybe it's just something that has to do with um, – uh, you know, uh, body parts. Maybe he's fine for having yeah. something that has to do with drinking. Let's hope he is, because that was amazing. I oh. mean, the orchestration, the one guy getting down on hands and knees so Quentin Nelson could push off of him and act like that was the keg. Those guys lifting his legs. I got to be honest with you, Dave. I didn't know he had it in him. I know no. Quentin a little bit. He played in the U.S. Army Bowl. Um, We interviewed him back then, you know, how many years ago that was very, very quiet guy. Like doesn't, doesn't really (laughs) like the uh, spotlight or media. So I didn't know he had it in him. That was amazing. I love that dude. It stinks that they weren't able to actually get the touchdown and that it got overturned. But as long as we got the celebration, I'm okay. And I, Dave, and so far, you brought this up. I distinctly remember. I'm trying to remember the details, okay? But I really liked keg stands when I was in high school and college. And I, I don't remember the exact details. Maybe you can help me figure out what mm. would have gotten me so mad. But I was doing a keg stand at a party at my house when I was in college. And... I I don't know if the person that was counting how long waited like five or 10 seconds before they started counting or if they didn't pump and I was up like that, there there was something happened, but my friends still talk about it. Something happened when I got down from the keg stand, 
I took my right open hand and to the chest of the kid that had, in my mind, screwed up my glory, my keg stand glory, I went, <laughs> I hit him right in the chest and he went flying, flying. And uh, he screwed up. I don't know what happened. He had it coming to him. He screwed up. I don't know. I think he might have waited like eight seconds before he started counting. And I was mad because I was going for the record or something. And he was like in high school. I think he was like a high school senior or a couple years younger. Uh, but my friends still talk about that. See, that's the key, by the way. For any of you high school kids that you're going to, you're in high school, you're maybe going to college. Let me teach you something, okay? Let's get this show started right. The open hand. The open hand. Okay? Why open hand? I'll tell you why. If you if you are in if if something happens in high school or college and you make a fist and you punch someone, all right? That's going to start a fight for sure. You might mark up the face there might be a cut involved, and you could get in serious trouble. The open hand, it actually is almost more like a shove or a push. And so, and it's even, it's almost even more disrespectful, <laughs> but you're much less likely, you're not going to cause any marks on the guy's face. You're much less likely to get in trouble. And if anything ever happens, you say you just pushed him. You didn't punch him. You pushed him. So let that be a lesson for all the kids out there. <laughs> Open hand is the way to go. More disrespectful. You still send the message, but a lot less liability on multiple levels. That, that's, your, uh, that's your life hack for the day. <laughs> Solving the world one hand gesture at a time. Uh, you should have told Ogan Joby that, uh, or Pouncey that, the guys that were through some haymakers the other night. Uh, so, so that you are pretty talented. Then it sounds like at the keg stand, I was terrible at the keg stand, man. I mean, keg stand, beer bong, shotgunning beers. I suck at all that. It reminds me of like dunking a basketball and how you're bummed that you'll never be able to do that to achieve that. I was always disappointed that I'd never be able to like adequately shotgun a beer, bong a beer, keg stand, just suck at it. Just didn't possess that talent. Are you, are you just either good at one of those things or all those things or not? Because just never had the ability. Like I could drink a lot of beer, but never could like chug it in one, you know, one fell swoop in whatever way it was. And, it, you know, I feel a little inadequate about that. Yeah, I, I was not good at shotgunning beers for some reason. I never really liked shotgunning beers, but chugging a beer, beer bong. Yeah, I You're was good. pretty good there, but I wasn't the best. Like I was pretty good. I, I would say I was above average. So if it was like a chugging contest, I could hold my own and win a bunch of them. But I was not as good as Chris Hoagie Havener in my fraternity. I was not as good as Tom Brady in the NFL. I was not as good of a chugger as those guys. And I'll never forget, Dave, my first recruiting visit, okay? This is the truth. My first recruiting visit was to Princeton. I played a basketball game in Reading, Pennsylvania. Drove to Princeton. Get there like at 1130 at night, okay? I had never done a funnel before. I had never done a beer bong before. 
So like, come on, Ross, we're doing beer bongs before we go out. I said, okay, I'm 17 years old, senior in high school, just got done a basketball game. So I go like this to do the beer bong. And I don't know, you just got to kind of like open your throat open and just your let throat. it go. Yeah. You got to open your throat and just let it go. I'm like trying to drink it. Nope. Spills all over me. I just, my first college official visit, I'm, I, I've been there for 10 minutes. And my my host, Chuck Hastings, a linebacker from Detroit, is like, come on, do this. So I do it, spill it all over me. Okay. He's like, dude, you got to just open your throat and just let, you're not drinking it. You just have to let it go. I said, okay. So next time I do it and I got it. Like it was, it was great. I did it. Before, and we hang out for like 30 minutes, say before we're about to go out, okay? Chuck says, Ross, let's do one more funnel. Let's do one more beer bong. So, okay, remember, 17 years old, I literally met the guy 30 minutes earlier, okay? He has the he has the the funnel up. I'm about to do it. And he's like, yo, what is that over there? And I look over there. I and then I do the funnel. I find out later, Dave. He put two shots of Everclear grain alcohol oh. in the third beer bong. Everclear grain alcohol, two shots. So needless to say, I was shit-faced the whole night. And think about this, right? Like your parent, you're a parent now. You have a daughter who's 14, right? Yeah. I was 17. Oh. And this is, and you think, Dave, you think you're taking your son on an official visit to Princeton, like that these kids might be smarter. What if I had no alcohol tolerance? Like, what if I had never drank anything before? I mean, he's a moron. I tell him to this day, he's a moron for doing that. Next thing I know, I was passed out on some couch somewhere. But two shots of Everclear grain alcohol, my first night of my first official college visit ever. TMZ reports that Jay-Z was disappointed with what Kaepernick pulled on there on Saturday, that the workout became, in his words, a publicity stunt. Ultimately, I think what Ross just pointed out, it was the words from Colin Kaepernick, maybe even more than the performance, that hurt his future chances of signing with an NFL team. Dan Wolken did, uh, got this audio of Kaepernick postgame. Let's listen to what uh, he had to say after the workout. First, hey, let me start by saying I appreciate y'all coming out. That means a lot to me. Our biggest thing with everything today was making sure we had transparency of what went on. We weren't getting that elsewhere, so we came out here. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. We're out here, we're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I'll interview with any team at any time. I've been ready, I'm staying ready, and I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all, I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. 
So here are the teams we know did show up at the second facility, the high school there. Chiefs, Jets, Eagles, Titans, Bills, Niners, Lions. Keep in mind the Carolina Panthers, the closest team to them, didn't even make the some three-and-a-half, four-hour drive, which I thought was suspicious, especially given the performance of Kyle Allen, which we'll get into later in the program. Eric Reed, he did show up. He made that drive, the good friend of Colin Kaepernick and player for the Panthers. I think we could use Colin's help. I think every team in the league could use Colin's help. I would definitely be excited if he were here. Again, he was flinging it, folks. 50, 55, a couple passes looked to me to be 60 yards in the air, catching receivers in stride. But it was those five words, stop running from the truth, that probably sank him. Any chance, Ross, you give him with signing with an NFL team even next season ahead of next regular season? I think it's probably unlikely, Dave. Here's what's crazy. I think if he had participated in the NFL-sanctioned workout, I I feel like it's almost like a 70% chance that he was going to get signed by somebody. Maybe that's a little little high. 55 60% chance that someone would have signed him this offseason to compete for a backup job next year. I feel like after this workout uh, fiasco, all of the uh, scrutiny and media attention and drama and everything that goes along with it, I feel like it's like 5% now. Because you have to ask yourself, I don't think anybody looks at him as a starter, especially after three years off. Is all of this worth it for a backup quarterback? Usually you want backup quarterbacks to be seen and not heard. You don't want there to be a distraction. You don't want there to be any type of quarterback controversy. And frankly, if you bring Colin Kaepernick to your team, you're going to get a tremendous amount of criticism if the starter doesn't play at a really high level that you're not playing Kaepernick, even though you're the one that signed him. You're still going to get criticism for it. I can tell you selfishly, Dave, I would like to see him get signed this offseason. I mean, I'm in the media. I have a daily show with you. It would be great for us. We could talk about the reaction of the fans in that market. We could watch him every practice, every preseason game. We could talk about how he's performing, how he's handling it. I mean, it, it it's like catnip for the media. It, I mean, he is, it is unbelievable, Dave, because I've tweeted a couple times about it over the last three or four days. I'm not even kidding. Almost every tweet, half the people just crush me for being a Kaepernick hater, for being uh, racist, biased, uh, MAGA, all that stuff, right? But then, like, almost half the people, Dave, read the same tweet and say, he stinks. I can't believe you're saying that that's the reason. He he should never get a shot. I would never sign. I mean, it is like we could do a, a, a we should do a social experiment from the at RDC home and home Twitter handle. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Dave Briggs TV. And just tweet the name Colin Kaepernick. Nothing. No, no comments. No, nothing. I am convinced there would be a bunch of responses, both very, both negative, 
negative of he can't play, he stinks, it's a distraction, I wouldn't want him on my team, and NFL screwed him, he's getting a raw deal, I can't believe you don't think he's a good player. I mean, it's he is the most polarizing NFL player I can ever remember, and it's not close. No, there there have been a few players that brought with them massive distraction that were oddly polarizing. I think of Tim Tebow, obviously, at the quarterback position because a lot of teams seem to shy away from the sideshow that was Tim Tebow and the type of people he brought, the type of attention that he brought. But you're right, uh, not similar in, in this regard to how angry people get about the Ka- Kaepernick situation. People were certainly, everyone had an opinion about Tim Tebow, but the thing they have in common is NFL owners and NFL GMs and NFL head coaches hate distractions, certainly from the backup quarterback position. How about the other quarterback that dominated the weekend? That's Tua Tugavailoa. Oh, devastating, devastating story. Heisman candidate, some thought the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft, at worst, probably a top three pick. His collegiate career is over at Alabama, and it's over in heartbreaking fashion. They're up 35-7 on Saturday, late second quarter. Yes, Tua's still in the game. It's only the second quarter. Back off of Nick Saban, a fluke, freak injury, a devastating injury that ends his time at Alabama. He is having surgery this morning or today in Houston, hip surgery in Houston, a dislocated hip with a posterior wall fracture. The Alabama team surgeon, Dr. Lyle Kane, says he is expected to make a full recovery. But Ross, that's six, maybe eight months, takes you into an NFL draft, changes everything for this kid for likely the program, for the college football playoff, and for at least one, two, or if not three NFL franchises. What's your initial reaction for the kid? Awful. Absolutely awful. I mentioned earlier, you know, doing the U.S. Army Bowl every year, I've met Tua. He is a great, great kid. Just so full of life, big smile. Kind of what I think you'd expect Uh, from a Hawaiian kid, just awesome. And there are very few things, Dave, that bother me more than when a young man has a golden opportunity to get life-altering money, and forget money, life-altering financial security for his family for generations. And that is now in question. That hurts. I mean, that really hurts. I don't know what the answer is, Dave. I think they're only allowed to get $5 million worth of insurance. That's like the max amount that the NCAA will allow the schools to pay for, which is a lot of money, but doesn't come close to the $40 million fully guaranteed he was scheduled to get. Maybe it's letting him leave school early. I don't know that he would have done that after last year, but it's an option. I just, this makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I don't mind that he was still in the game. I thought Saban's logic that he was still in the game 
because they wanted him to get uh, practice doing the two-minute drill was a little bit little bit weird. Like, really? Like, that's why he was still in? So he'd get practice running the two-minute drill? And I thought that was a little dicey. Not that he was even in the game, but the logic behind why he was in the game. But ultimately, I just hope, unlike Bo Jackson, as the injury's been compared to, I just hope he can come back fully from this. I don't know when he'll get drafted if he comes out in this draft. Maybe he comes back and, you know, does another year at Alabama. I tend to doubt that. Maybe there's an opportunity in the XFL. I tend to doubt that because that season starts in February where he could go and play for them and then enter the NFL draft. I'm not quite sure how that would work, but it seems apparent, Dave, that he's going to end up probably going to the NFL and probably getting drafted a decent amount later than he was going to and losing millions and millions of dollars. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Quote, we're waiting for the owners and Commissioner Goodell to stop running from the truth. You heard that sound earlier from Dan Wolken of USA Today. And Dan joins us now to talk about the Kaepernick Combine. Dan, good to talk to you. Thanks for being here, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Before we get into the waiver and the theatrics, tell us what you saw from a skill perspective from a guy that hadn't been in the league in three years. I don't know. I mean, these workouts, you're talking about throwing against no defense, no pads. You know, he's throwing balls. They look good. Uh, I'm far from a scouting expert on that kind of thing, uh, but he made all the throws. I mean, there were some that were bad, but out of 60 balls he threw, uh, there were a lot that, that looked pretty good. But again, it's, you know, it's against nothing. It's, it's guys running routes. It's practice. It's no defense. So I don't know really what you can gain from that. Uh, I, you know, certainly the scouts see those kind of workouts all the time and maybe have a better basis for comparison, but I don't really think it's even about that anymore. Um, I think we've known if he wanted to play in the league from a skill standpoint, he's capable of playing in the league. Uh, I think it's just a matter of working all the other stuff out. So we went from 24 teams getting a chance to scout Kaepernick's talents down to somewhere between six and eight, depending on which report you believe. Uh, Did you notice those scouts – those that were on hand, Chiefs, Jets, Eagles, Titans, Bills, Niners, Lions, talking with Kaepernick after the workout. And and what's your best bet moving forward? Do you think he gets a job, whether it's now or next offseason, to compete as a backup? Yeah, I did see the the scouts uh, down on the sidelines. And, and after the workout was over, Kaepernick initially went and, and signed some autographs and then ran back over to where the scouts were, shook their hand, uh, said a few words. I, I wasn't privy to what he said exactly. I, I wasn't as that close. So I couldn't hear, but 
then he went back and signed more autographs, and then he came and gave that statement uh, to the media that that I videoed, and it's been on my Twitter account. And I, th- I feel like everyone in the United States has seen it at this point. But uh, I don't think he's going to play in the NFL again. Like I don't think anything that happened Saturday helps him get back into the league. Uh, and and look, I, I don't know what the NFL's motives were to do this workout. This was all very hastily arranged. They contacted Kaepernick's people on Tuesday. They said, be in Atlanta Saturday for this workout. Uh, Kaepernick's reaction was, why? Why now? And why this way? Uh, Teams had not been calling him to request a workout. Teams had not shown any interest in signing him. So so what's behind all this? And, And they felt, the Kaepernick people felt like there was an ulterior motive here from the NFL. And so when the NFL refused to meet his conditions for the workout, that's why he changed venues and took control of it himself. But, you know, all of that, plus the fact he came out afterwards and blasted the league, blasted Roger Goodell, I I don't think any of that helps him actually uh, get back into the NFL. Dan, can you explain the the transparency concerns? Like, you know, you guys are going to be able to watch him come in and go out at the Falcons facility. He wanted, he says he wanted transparency with the process. Like, does he think that the NFL wasn't really going to send the video of the workout out? Like, I, I don't understand why he felt like it was so important that the media was able to actually watch the workout. Yeah, I mean, I guess probably two issues. Uh, one would be, uh, concerns about the video, was it going to be sent out unedited or was it going to be edited in some way that would make him look bad? Uh, you know, he doesn't trust the NFL at all based on everything that's happened. So I guess that was one concern. I would say the bigger concern was was this waiver that uh, he was being asked to sign, which essentially included a provision that would release the NFL from any future litigation. Uh, if he did not get signed. So I, I don't know, like, was the NFL trying to pull a fast one and basically use the workout as bait for Kaepernick to sign something that would essentially, you know, release him from, or release the NFL from any obligation in the future uh, and, and any future lawsuits? I, I, I don't know. That That was maybe one of the things that they thought might be behind this. And that just wasn't something that, that they were interested in doing. So I, like, I don't think anyone comes out of this looking great. I think you can look at it and say it's very suspicious on the NFL's part to sort of spring this now. I think you could also look at it and say, all right, if Kaepernick is really serious about getting back into the league and, and wants to play, doesn't want this to be a spectacle, why not just do this, go through with it, close that chapter, impress the scouts and if someone's going to sign you then that's your you know that, that this is your actual best chance to make someone look at what you can do on the field and say we, we need to have you on our team yeah that would be my question dan uh do you think he really wants to play like do you think he really really wants to play i don't know i mean look i take him at his word that that he wants to play football again sure but i think the question is how far is he willing to compromise to accept that um you know i think he clearly wants to play but as long as 
it fits this very certain uh, condition and that he has got the power uh, to, to do, you know, a variety of things that maybe other people wouldn't be able to do in that same circumstance. And, you know, the NFL, I think teams and owners from the very beginning have looked at this and said, okay, yeah, he can play, but is he good enough to justify all the things that are going to come along with it, including just the the spectacle of it? I mean, he comes into a locker room, he's going to be the biggest story for for weeks. And is that what you want for someone who may be a backup quarterback? And so there's all, I think, I think there's reasons on both sides for this not to happen. And that's probably why it's not going to happen. The Chicago Bears, given Mitchell Trubisky's struggles, could use him. The Carolina Panthers, if they're going to let go of Cam Newton, could use him. My Denver Broncos could use a bridge to Drew Locke. There's a lot of teams that could use the skills of Colin Kaepernick. Feels to me like he wants to be a martyr more than an NFL quarterback. We're talking with Dan Wolken, USA Today Sports. And Dan, we thought the biggest story of the weekend as far as the quarterback position would be Tua Tagovailoa and this devastating hip injury Saturday second quarter leading 35-7. His career at Bama is over. He's having surgery in Houston this morning. Uh, It's a dislocated hip and a posterior wall fracture from having covered Tua. Do you get any sense that he might come back to Alabama? That you know, there's a six month recovery minimum, which takes him past the NFL draft. How devastated are you for the kid? And what does his future look like to you? Yeah, I don't have any information on what his mindset is at this point or, or what the, you know, medium term plans might be. And I think, frankly, a lot of that will depend on on what the doctors say and, and how the surgery goes and what the recovery period looks like. So I can't really even begin to to speculate on on all of that. I would just say common sense would tell you that a guy as talented as Tua, even if he's injured, even if he may not be able to do anything by the by the draft, would probably still get drafted pretty high based on his talent alone. And then you see where it goes as long as you know the medical professionals who work for these teams look at everything and say, you know, sign off on it and say it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a terrible thing. It's it's very unfortunate, uh, but it is football. Injuries happen. It seemed like kind of a fluke injury. I, I think, you know, you do sort of question, at least I question, not whether Tua should have played or should have been in the game up 30 or 28, whatever it was, 35-7, whatever the score was. What I question is just, are, are were they too aggressive in bringing him back from, from that uh, from that ankle injury. You know, they, they had that tightrope surgery. It was a very compressed window of time to get him back on the field. By the end of the LSU game, he was clearly hobbling around. And, you know, I, I think the one thing with quarterbacks especially is if, if your movement is compromised, if you can't protect yourself with your ability to move, then, then you're vulnerable. And even though the hit it looked, was kind of a fluky play and that, that, that kind of hit didn't necessarily look like the kind of thing that would cause a, a massive injury, how much of the fallout of it was the result of just him not being able to protect himself because of his movement. So, you know, I think that's the question I have, not whether he should have been in the game given the score. Texans are now six and four, and boy, do things look a lot different when you get whooped 
41 to 7 by a team you were thought you were equal with. How about the callers down there in Houston? How are they feeling after that old-fashioned butt whooping? Let's listen to Larry calling to Sports Radio 610 in Houston angry. I, I, I need somebody to explain to me what the hell did they practice on during the bye week over there on Kirby that allowed them to come out there with that old crappy-ass game plan. We've seen this thing with OB and, 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 and this offense multiple times, fellas, that anytime there's a high-profile game, he pissed down his own leg. And we've seen it. And I'm not – and Deshaun, I, I can appreciate Deshaun standing up there and taking it like a man when, he, when, when they asked him about him being criticized. But Deshaun ass is not exempt from criticism, just like McGrady wasn't, just like Earl Campbell wasn't, just like Warren Moon wasn't. Deshaun Watson ass stunk today. And I love Deshaun Watson as my quarterback, but his ass stunk today. And a lot of those sacks that he took was his guy, his damn, oh, almost cursed, man. It was his fault. And the reason why it's his fault because he resorted back to holding on to that damn football and not just hitting his underneath guy. And this is a problem. And I can tell you as somebody that I'm not buying into all these excuses. This game was just as important to me as it was Thursday night because I believe that when you have momentum going into those kind of big-time games, your ass play better. The Texans stunk today, and it was an embarrassment. And I can tell y'all this, and I'll continue to say it, I don't know what the hell Romeo Cornell is doing when he doesn't even have a legitimate pass rusher. He doesn't have a legitimate pass rusher over there. Whitney Merciless ass stinks. But he doesn't have a legitimate pass rusher over there, and he's still trying to get a rush with four guys. That is insanity to me against a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. These things have manifested themselves all over again. And as excited as I was when they dogged Jacksonville, this is going to be a come-to-Jesus meeting Thursday night because if they mess off this game, we're looking at something that nobody in the city of Houston is going to like. Larry on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Bravo. Eagles are five and five. Forget about a wild card. They get Seattle this week and it feels like they don't match up very well with the Seahawks. Is this a playoff team? And without wide receivers coming into the fold next season, much like the New England Patriots, uh, look, they, they have to go out and get a wide receiver. Did they fail Carson Wentz by not having them uh, better prepared at the wide receiver position? You know, it's funny that you say that, Dave, because that is a major topic of conversation in Philadelphia. And yet, before the season started, Pro Football Focus, our guys that join us every Wednesday and do a terrific job, they had the Eagles pass catchers, now including the tight ends, ranked number one in the NFL. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, (laughs) uh, Nelson Aguilar in the slot, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. You know, those five guys, best in the NFL. Well, Deshaun Jackson played basically only the first game. Doesn't look like he's going to play again. Alshon Jeffrey is not the player he was two years ago or last year. And he didn't play yesterday. He was hurt. And Nelson Aguilar is not the player he was a couple years ago. He has lost his confidence. And really, so they've all very much disappointed I don't know who the fans wanted them to get. I guess Emmanuel Sanders, since he actually was moved and went to the Niners. I think the fans wanted them to get him. But that's not happening now. 
it is maddening, Dave, because their defense had an incredible performance yesterday. I mean, their defense played really, really well. The coverage, I mean, the only touchdown that Patriots got was on a trick play. The coverage was really good throughout. They stopped the run. They forced the Patriots to punt eight times. Not nine times, but it was eight <laughs> times, which is pretty darn good. And yet they still lost. That's, the, that's kind of the shame of this, is that the Eagles missed out on a golden opportunity to win a game people didn't think they were going to win against the quote-unquote evil empire. And it was Wentz holding the ball too long at times, Wentz missing some clutch throws late, but a lot of times it was the receivers not getting open and not making plays for them. There were another a number of drops again in this game, and you just can't. I mean, the Eagles punted the ball eight times too, and they had a ten nothing lead, and they did essentially nothing after that. I'll tell you what's crazy though, Dave, and I'm going to make this point this week on WIP. It, it really is crazy. Three times this year, Carson Wentz on the last drive for the Eagles has made an awesome throw that would have either won the game or in last night's game tied it that his guy did not catch. The Falcons game to Aguilar down the sideline the Lions game to Ortega Whiteside, the rookie on a deep post on fourth down, and that fourth down throw to Aguilar. Can you imagine what the topic of conversation would be <laughs> if those guys had caught those passes? I mean, we'd be talking about Wentz like he is a hero, like he's Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and on these fourth downs late in these games and there's trailing, he just finds a way to make the clutch play and the unbelievable throw. But his guys drop it, so instead we're not saying that. Landry Locker joining us, Sports Radio 610 there in Houston. Landry, good to talk to you, my friend Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Texans were bad, but I'm curious in terms of the callers, in terms of the attention there in the Houston area, how much attention are people paying to the Astros' sign-stealing scandal that they apparently put on paper? Well, people are trying to avoid that like the plague. I mean, nobody... True Astros fans, some of them are still in denial. So they're just pretending that didn't happen. Fake news, uh, as a lot of people like to like to cry in times like these. People are ignoring that around here uh, conveniently. But the main story right now is the Texans laying that egg yesterday. Uh, that's, that's what our show will be centered around. And that's what we'll be uh, centering our show around. My question for you, very simple. Deshaun or Lamar, who would you rather have, Landry? I'm still loyal to Deshaun. I'm still loyal to Deshaun. And the reason is this, Ross. It's the same reason that when people were talking about Mahomes last year, people were saying it. I just think that Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes, they have better offensive minds helping them out. I think this team with Bill O'Brien calling plays, with Bill O'Brien as the offensive guy in control, I feel like Deshaun Watson has to either be great or they have no chance. And I don't feel like schematically the Texans – uh, specifically, Deshaun Watson has put in a good position like Lamar Jackson is with Roman and like Pat Mahomes is with Andy Reid. So if you told me that I could put Deshaun Watson on the Baltimore Ravens scheme or in Kansas City, I'm taking Deshaun and I'm just considering him a victim of his of his offensive staff right now. 
I'm feeling a little redeemed on the Kyle Allen performance as of late. He was awful. He was just awful. Four interceptions on Sundays. Had a rough couple of weeks. Is it another Jay-Z song, Ross? On to the next one for NFL teams? Or do you think he can get a job? Well, wait, 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 wait. Who are we talking about? You just you just confused me there. I thought I was about to talk about Kyle Allen. Well, I'm talking I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick getting a chance. Kyle Allen could open up one of those chances. Yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, considering Carolina didn't even send anybody to the Colin Kaepernick workout, I'm going to say no, probably not in Carolina. I'll just let me just say this about Kyle Allen. Because I got, once you mentioned him, I got it in my head what I wanted to say about him. And damn it, I'm going to say yeah. it. Uh, which okay. is this. Okay. If he was a first round pick or even a second round pick and had a game like he had yesterday, people would say, ah, oh, I had a bad game. Had a bad game. Young guy, first year starting, you know, only his second year in the league, really. Last year's on practice squad a lot. He he's still overall done a nice job. They've won a bunch of games. He's played well, still threw for over 300 yards, made some mistakes, but young guys make mistakes. Meanwhile, because his name's Kyle Allen and not Kyler Murray or any first round picks name, we immediately want to just say, oh, he can't do it. See, he's like, this is the curse of how you enter the league. And I know it well. As a former undrafted free agent myself, the guys that are high round picks, they get the benefit of the doubt. They get so many opportunities. They get the it's okay to have a bad game. When you're an undrafted guy, you get no benefit of the doubt. It's not okay to have a bad game. You have one bad game and it's, see, he can't play. What about the other games where he played great and they won? It's like all of that is totally discounted by having a bad game where they lose. It cracks me up. By the way, that same Atlanta defense made Drew Brees, you might have heard of him, and the Saints look heinous last week in the Superdome. You apparently haven't been watching because Kyle Allen didn't have one bad game. He's played very mediocre or worse for four weeks. They've lost three out of four. And he's thrown nine interceptions in four weeks. I agree with what you're saying. Jameis Winston gets a leash that just continues to extend and baffle the mind with his league-leading 18 interceptions. But it isn't just one subpar game for Kyle Allen. He's been mediocre it's the last two. couple of weeks. It's two. It's two. Nine picks he's... in four weeks. Yeah. Four yesterday and three against the Niners. Those are the two bad games. The other games against the Titans, they won 30 to 20. He threw two touchdown passes. He threw one interception. Okay, people throw interceptions. And at Green Bay in the snow, he completed 65% of his passes, 300 yards, one touchdown, one pick. It's two. He's had two bad games. He's six and three as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Two bad games. They lost. That's two of his three losses. Yet everybody, oh, if that was a first-round pick, if that was Dwayne Haskins, we'd be talking about how great he's playing. Instead, because it's Kyle Allen, it's, oh, nine picks in four games. He's playing terrible. No, he had two bad games. He, he absolutely had two bad games. The other two games, mm. I actually thought he played pretty well. 
All right, well, we'll agree to disagree on the quarterback evaluation. One thing we do agree on before we go is the Dak dance is glorious. It's taking over TikTok and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. And Jason Garrett talked about the Dak hip dance that I can't do because I got stiff hips this morning on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas this morning. Uh, Jason Garrett, my favorite moment yesterday was Dak uh, his dance being impersonated by Zeke mm-hmm. in the end zone. Uh, Coach, how uh, how unique? Did you have a, a Dak Prescott pregame movement or routine like that? Uh, nothing quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that I one think, is... A... I think we all have a little bit of a, a pregame or a warm-up routine, but uh, I think it's pretty pretty unique. Pretty unique, and it's pretty effective. And, man, the hips, the hips don't lie. They are working right now for Dak Prescott. Uh, I guess we like, you know, I'd have to take the keg stand, Quentin Nelson keg stand over the Zeke Elliott doing the Dak dance in the end zone. Two pretty outstanding end zone celebrations, though, on Sunday. Uh, Dude, that was awesome by Zeke. I I love stuff like that. That was legitimately creative. You're kind of busting the chops of your teammate, but you're also showing him some love and, and getting some of the spotlight back on him. I thought that was terrific. And Dave, I've seen a lot of people try to to replicate what Dak did. (laughs) Not many do it very well. So uh, you shouldn't feel bad about yourself, even though you have as stiff a hips as anybody I've ever seen. I mean, your video CNN, oh my gosh, was terrible. Actually, I like my right hips hurting me. I'd like to think I could still be, I, I could still have a little bit better hip movement than that. Can we please try to get your version? Can we try to do my my Dak dance versus your Dak dance for home and home on a Tuesday? I don't know when and how I'm going to do that because uh, I'm sitting down when I do the show. So maybe before my next game, I can have somebody video me or something I can try to do. Although the way my right hip's feeling right now, Absolutely not. It's killing me. I have no idea why. So maybe I need to do that to pop it back in place. You sound like an old ass man on a football Monday. I'm going to work on the hip movement. See if I can do it a little bit better. I'm going to have to practice. That'll do it for us. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. Tomorrow, Mike Jones joins us. He has an interesting take on the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. He's been covering the cap combine from the beginning. Does he get a job? We'll talk about it. Hey everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.